Welcome to episode two of Doable Discipleship, brought to you by the Spiritual Maturity Team at Saddleback Church. I'm Doug Jones, and I'm sitting here next to Jason Wheeland. That's me, yeah. So uh, today's going to be interesting because we're getting into some serious meat. Like last week was kicking it off, starting, getting warmed up. And this week we're just diving right into some pretty heavy-duty stuff. Yeah. Talking about how to love God with all your heart. Uh, love, love is a really weird thing, don't you think? Yes, it's uh, <laughs> it's one of those, it's like hard to define if anybody was going to ask you. like, what's, yeah. It's like, well, it's, you know, it's this and it's, you know, that or whatever. And especially like as you move through like time and history, like, yeah. you know, love has taken on totally different meanings and connotations. Yeah, think about like, think about a common culture of today. Like I use the word love to refer to my wife. Like I use love to define how I feel toward my wife and I use it to define how I feel toward pizza. Like we use it for really mundane things and then we use it for really important things, you know, almost in the same breath. So we just have this really mixed up this mixed up usage, like common cultural usage of love is very awkward and weird. Yeah. And we, we treat it like almost like it's on the, like love is on the like spectrum. Like if you're in a romantic relationship, like, well, I like him. And then you move to, I like, like him. Yeah. And then you go as far at some point of using the big L word that I love him or I love her. That's, that's considered like the high echelon, right? Yeah, and it, it, it gets to that point where you're like, how do I know, you know, like what's the determining factor here that has brought yeah. me along this spectrum? Yeah. Um, you know, just as you as you were saying, is love, If it does feel like in culture at least, you know, the meaning of the word love has really started to diminish a bit as people yeah. use it for different things. Like you said, pizza. Yeah. Or like you get those like I heart New York shirts or whatever. And it's yeah. like, Great, <laughs> you know, yeah. is that the same way you feel about your, you know, your spouse? <laughs> it's yeah. kind of, it's an odd, yeah. Do you remember lovely. when you first told Alicia you loved her? Was that like a big moment? Uh, no, I don't remember it being like a big moment like you would see in like a romantic comedy or whatever. Yeah, me either. Um, Alicia would say that she said it first. Um, I would respond, well, I thought at first, so I don't, you know, <laughs> it's it's that weird, uh, you know, I, I, it's no, it was not a big you know, swell of music, crescendo moment. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I just love, I I don't watch much reality TV, but you can find like in pop culture, love just used in like the weirdest way. And people feel like they have to ramp up to using that word. And yet at the same time, we use it for such pointless things. Like we use it as like this bottom feeder word for just, I love frozen yogurt. And then yeah. all the way up to how we refer to our children and like the people most precious to us. It's so weird. So like in English, we have one word for love that we just use in a in a gajillion different ways. Totally. But then if we look at the New Testament, we have these four Greek words for love, and each of them has its own very special, very specific meaning. And and side note, yeah. don't you think it's really cool? I had a professor say this one time. I thought it was so cool that Greek and Hebrew, the two predominant languages of the Bible, are are said to be two of the most powerful like like meaning-packed languages of all time. I believe it, yeah. And isn't it cool that God chose those two languages to be the primary, like, delivery method for his word? That's yeah, I never cool. really gave it much thought before, but that's, I, you know, that's, yeah. I think that's totally true. Greek's a great yeah. example of that, too. So we've got four words for love. You want to start us off with those? Yeah, so the first one that we're going to um, mention here briefly is uh, storge, and uh, you can correct my pronunciation if you're a Greek scholar, but <laughs> right now we're going to go with storge. <laughs> um, and, and that's basically, it's the type of love that you feel... And your family. It's that type of like you have a, a, a 
a close proximity with mm. these people. You know, it's that idea of, you know, uh, of saying like, you know, they're my brother or they're my sister. It's my mom. And, yeah. you know, I would do anything for them. You know, it, it's that sort of a family relationship that often goes unspoken. Um, but at the same time, it is a type of love. Yeah. Um, sometimes Storgi has even been called uh, mother love. Yeah. It's because it's just, it's so, it's considered so tightly bonded to like the mother child relationship. Yeah. It's that, that type that, of love that allows a mother to lift a car yeah. off of a her. It's that <laughs> gut level yeah. kind of love. Yeah, yeah. That we feel toward our children and family members. Yeah. The next one is called philia, which we would call friendship love. It's the kind of love that happens between comrades who share common experiences or, uh, or common interests. Mm -hmm. You know, like if, if, if you served in the military, you know very well the philia love, the sense of brotherhood or sisterhood that you have with those you serve with. Um, if, if, uh, if you've got close friends, you're experiencing philia. It's just even coworkers can fall into this sure. category. These are just yeah. people who you share experience with. If you've got coworkers, you spend eight or so hours a day yeah, with those people with having similar experiences. That really fosters the, the philia kind of love. So that's the friendship love. It's also the root of Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, where I was love, born, right? So there you go. City brotherly love. Hidden. Yeah, fun fact. Cool. Um, the next Here's one, a fun one. Yeah. Eros or Eros or Eros or Eros, however you want to pronounce it. Well, Eros. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, and, and that's romantic love. Yeah. That is, it goes a little bit deeper. It's, and it's, um, yeah, it, it's a type of love that you would feel for, you know, your spouse, your significant other or, or whatever. And, you know, and? it's that... Oh, it goes all the way. It goes all the way to, to the sex drive, which <laughs> yeah. is what you wanted to get to, yeah. Douglas. <laughs> Goodness. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's the Marvin Gaye type yeah. of love, you know? Yeah, it includes, it, it includes the passionate bond between lovers. It's sometimes called the love between the sexes. Yeah. It's, it's that unique bond between two who are in love. You might even call this the in love form of love. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the last one, which is the Mac Daddy the supreme love, mm. uh, the one that's used very often in the New Testament. Uh, and this is the one we would call divine love or mm -hmm. God's love. And it's, it's in Greek, agape. Sometimes you may have been accustomed to hearing agape. Use it however you want. I think the, the actual pronunciation is agape. Sure. But this is the, the, the love that we would call uh, unconditional love, the, the, the love that somebody has referred to as charity. It's the love that gives without expectation of return. In fact, I wrote a, I have a definition here that I think really kind of captures it pretty well. I think we'll put it up on the screen. It says, a virtuous and unwavering commitment to do good to another regardless of merit or changing circumstances. So, so meaning if, if I possess agape or agape, it means I make you my focus and take the eyes off myself that I'm willing to strive to produce the best possible good for you, regardless of the impact that it has on me. And, and Jesus really epitomized what agape really is, because he came, as he said, to seek and save the lost. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He, he came and gave this incredible sacrifice on behalf of people who largely rejected him and threw rocks at him and cursed him and threw him out of their towns. Jesus came and he loved so much and in such an incredibly powerful agape or agape sense that he was willing to do good to those who completely threw it back in his face very often. And that's this incredible, supernatural, transcendent love of God. Romans 5.8 puts it like this. It says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
So Jesus really is the embodiment of God's agape for us, his deep and unwavering love for us. And the the question of why did he do that, you know, why did he make this sacrifice? It, it's easy to say, well, God is filled with love or God loves us so much. But really when we're talking about God, it goes even farther than that where God is love. Love is just an essential part of who he is. God yeah. can do no otherwise because it simply is who he is. So if, if you ask the question, why does God show us so much love? It's not because he necessarily has so much love for us. It's because love is just who he is. Agape is part of his essential nature. Uh, but why don't you talk to us a little bit about loving God with all your heart? Because that's kind of what we're getting to. Yeah. So we talk about you know love is is, is what we you know we're just talking about and, and these four types of love. And then as we move forward, you know we're talking about Mark twelve thirty, and that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. Just a heads up, which is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which we touched on last week, which well. we touched on a bit last week. So and and the first one is, is loving God with all your heart. So now that we've talked about love a bit, now it's time to kind of talk about what does that look like in loving God with all of your heart. Um, so like, what is the heart exactly? That's another tough one. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. you know, as love has many sorts of, of connotations, heart kind of does too. Um, you know, it makes me think, of Captain Planet a little bit, you know, heart. It's one of yeah. the powers, but anyway. Well, it's a ring. It's a ring, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not a very cool one in the Captain Planet universe, but okay, yeah. It always came down to him at the end. I feel yeah, like did, every episode always felt so ungratifying, too. He's like, well, I have good feelings to shoot at yeah. you. Yeah, and they were like, yay. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. we have a couple uh, of definitions of heart here that we're going to be um, sharing right now. Here's just a brief list, and then I'm going to touch on a couple of them. Uh, uh, the first is the seat of our will. And the second, our emotional core. And the third, the center of a physical and spiritual life. And the fourth, uh, the birthplace of our loves. So I want to touch on the second and fourth really quickly. Hmm. Uh, the second was our emotional core. Now, we heard a great message a few weekends ago from Pastor Tom Holiday here at Saddleback, and he was talking about this exact verse, heart, soul, mind, and strength stuff. And for heart, he is... He, he focused on like the these are the feelings. It's the passion for loving God, mm-hmm. um, and 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 that's a huge a part of it. Is we should be passionate about our God. You know, um, his, his his love for us is is unending, and and we should you know express a sort of passionate love back for him. You know, yeah. and that comes out in how we live our lives. It, it comes out in worship. It comes out in many different ways, but it's a big yeah. part of what it means to love God with all your heart. Yeah. And the fourth one there is uh, the birthplace of our loves. And and that's a big thing because as we talked about is we can love multiple different things in multiple different ways. And and all this stems from the heart yeah. and in a good way or a bad way, yeah. <laughs> it could come out multiple different ways. And so if you think about the heart as the birthplace of your loves, that gives you the opportunity to think, you know, how is my heart, what is the state of my heart? Yeah. What am I choosing to love? What am I choosing to focus on? Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it handles, it, it covers a lot of different areas. Yeah, Jesus Jesus even said that everything that we say and do flows out of the contents of our heart, yeah. that the condition of our heart dictates really everything that we do. So knowing the condition of your heart is like one of the like most important fundamental things that any believer can do is really assess their heart and, yeah. and what it's devoted to, what it gives its attention to. And it's an opportunity to take that into prayer and just ask God to point out 
you know, what's going on in your heart. You yeah. know, oftentimes we're blinded to it. It's it's yeah. really easy, you know, to not understand, you know, what am I really truly fo- focusing on and loving, yeah. but asking God, you know, God, point out the things in my heart that you don't like. Yeah. So that's an important part of this too. Yeah, so so let's dig into that a little bit more. So what do you, th- what would you say it means to love God with all your heart? Like putting those two things together. So if we understand, we have an idea of what the heart is, and we have an idea of what love is in, in this uh, agape sense. And by the way, that uh, Mark twelve thirty word yep. that's used says, love the Lord your God. With, that's, that's agapao, which is just a, a derivative. different yeah. derivative, a form of the word agape. And so like putting those together, what does it mean exactly to then love God with all of our heart and put those two together? Well, we wrote out something good here that I actually pretty liked as a definition. And I think we can dive into that a little bit more, yeah. which says, making him... Are the greatest object of our passion, attention, and and dedication, hmm. and I I think a big part of this is this making him the yeah. greatest object. That means it's a choice, hmm. and you know we've heard Pastor Rick talk about this a lot. How love is a choice, yeah. And so what this is in loving God with all your heart, it's it's choosing to put Him first above everything else yeah it's choosing as it says you know to make him the object of passion attention and dedication and that means giving him your time it means to give him you know your love to give him your attention Mm. um to grow you know to make the choice to grow and develop a relationship with him that's good i think that's a big part of it is that it is a choice so you know uh, as much as love can be a weird confusing topic yeah it is a choice. Yeah. And how you choose to love is a choice. Yeah. Oftentimes. Yeah. And Jesus did a really amazing job of honing the word love down to a very fine point. Yeah. Like helping us to understand what it really is at at, at its core. And that really protects us from all these other like the cultural ebbing and flowing about love that happens sure. where oh it means this or it's this or it's that. Um, you know, or it's or it's whatever this song says or that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. like he really nailed it down and made it pretty clear. Have you ever th- have you ever pondered the question uh and you too, have you ever pondered this question? If I love God with all my heart, what's left over for others? Like, how do I love God with all my heart and still love my kids and love my wife and all that stuff? Like, have you ever gotten into that? Yeah, we've. I actually was just talking about this with Alicia the other day. Like, is, it's pieces of the pie, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, if God gets the whole pie, what does my wife get? Or, or what, do, what do my friends that's get? That's pretty much exactly <laughs> what was going on. It, yeah. is, she was having a conversation, like, years ago oh, with some friends. Oh, man, what are you pie. doing to us? Um, who... Who aren't believers, but they were getting into this conversation about God and love and all this stuff. Mm. And they said, I could never say that I put God before my spouse. Yeah. That would do an injustice to my spouse. Right. And, you know, we I, I I wasn't there to have this conversation with them, but it was just interesting to hear that perspective. It's like, why would you put anything above your spouse? Your, your spouse should be the most important. Yeah. So it gets into this, what you're talking about, the pieces of the pie. Yeah. And, and I think the reality is, and I think Jesus makes this clear, and, and if, just looking at the full counsel of the Bible, you find this is really clear, that love is not something that you divide up with arithmetic. Like, you, you can't... No. <laughs> there, there aren't mathematical equations for love where, like, I have, I have 100% of my love. I have 10 pounds of love. And I can divide that up in any number of ways. Yeah. And I just and God wants me to divide How that much up. Love in does Bobby get? God just wants the get? biggest piece of the pie. But that's not what is said. Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, yeah. mind, and strength. With all of you. And so it gets you into like this interesting territory, which you just have to realize love doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. The heart doesn't work that way. It's not something that is a single 
whole number that you then divide out. It's not like that. Rather, the Bible actually, when we see the great commandment, it's actually a pair of commandments, right? It's not just one. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it says the second is just as important, love your neighbor as yourself. So somehow it's one of those one of those paradoxical <laughs> things where it's like God gets all and everyone else gets all as well. And I think the the way to get your head around that is to realize that love comes from God ultimately. In fact, 1 John 4, 7 says that love comes from God, that mm-hmm. anyone who loves uh, is reflecting God and those who don't love are actually denying God, that God is not found in a person who doesn't love. So love and God go hand in hand. Again, God is love. So So without him and without experiencing the love of God, we actually can't love anyone else. It's impossible for us to, in that agape, self-sacrificial, transcendent, like in that in that um, divine sense of love, we can't do that without God. So it's actually by loving God more fully that those around us get more love from us. Because if we love God fully, it means that we will love those that God loves, which are those that are all around us. Eat this pie so yeah. that you can enjoy this pie. It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's... <laughs> I, the pies just break down. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go anywhere with the pies. So and, and if you think in terms of the four loves we talked about, remember we talked about storge, we talked about philia, we talked about eros, and we talked about agape. Uh, storge, philia, and eros can all exist on their own. Yeah. Those all come naturally to everybody. Everybody does those three loves by and large. In fact, you can even make a case that some of those loves are found even in the animal kingdom. Like there's nothing that special about that, right? Uh, so storge is just the... the the basic uh, obligation and the, the 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 basic instinct to care for our loved ones, to care for our children, and that sort of thing. It's not agape; it's different. So they all, uh, all three of those can kind of exist on their own. Anyone can experience them, but only God is the source of agape love, this transcendent and self-sacrificial love. Uh, storge, philia, and eros—they're all great. They can all be beautiful and wonderful in themselves, but each of them can also be corrupted. There's also a there's also a flip side to them. Um, can you think of any examples? I was thinking about those earlier. Like, how can like like Storge for example? Mm-hmm. Like, it's possible. Let's take the example of a mom to be a doting mother who cares for her her young child, and that's a beautiful and wonderful thing that none of us would would want to change. But then, and C.S. Lewis, my boy, does talk about go. this. <laughs> Drop that. <laughs> um, there's also there can also be a flip side of that where that same instinct of Storge that drives a uh, mom or dad to care for a young child can later on if it doesn't if it if it doesn't, if it's not kept in proper balance, it can actually become something a little, a little on the ugly side, where that can actually translate into smothering a child or not letting mm. a child experiencing experience um, consequences for their actions and that kinds of that kind of thing. Where you can actually, storge can go out of control and become something that's actually unhealthy and not so good. Or um, uh, think about philia, like like the brotherly love, the bond between people. How many times have people done something evil because of the peer pressure of their friend group? Sure. You know, so in a desire to gratify and to and to respond to this philia love between between uh, close friends, some really terrible stuff can happen as a result of that. Um, I, we don't even have to get into arrows. I mean, geez, that that one's <laughs> that like ripe for, for problems. Almost, right? Yeah, yeah. I think like a sex drive out of control. Makes sure. a monster out of you. Yeah. So it can be a beautiful thing within like the sacred uh, bond of marriage, but then you take sex and you let that fly out of control and it becomes something uh, really terrible and destructive. Yeah. With these other forms of love, as we were talking about, it's super easy for the enemy to, you know, 
I get in there and start yeah. to distort it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's really clear. I think you gave some great examples. I hadn't thought of those, so that's perfect. Well, and, but, and agape is different because agape cannot be corrupted. Yes, that's the difference. It is either agape, the, the divine transcendent love of God, or it's something else. There's no such thing as a tainted agape. There's no such thing as tweaked, evil, distorted, perverted agape. It either is agape or it's not. As soon as it changes, as soon as it becomes distorted or tweaked, it's, it's not just anymore. not that anymore. Yeah, yeah there's so no the, gray area. There's, there's no gray is. area. It, it either is or is not. Now, now, I think that it's possible in us to see glimpses of agape. So I would say probably anyone who really is following Jesus, um, some agape can be found in you. Um, and it's not that like, as a person, I'm either 100% embodying the, the divine love of God or not at all. I think we find that it's sort of like we, f- we find it sort of emerging in us periodically, like, or maybe there are moments in our life where we really demonstrate that kind of love. But I think what we're talking about here is how do we, how do we follow God more closely and embody his divine love more and more all the time? Yeah. Um, so l- let's answer that question. Like, how do I, how do I know if I look at myself, how do I know whether or not I'm loving the way Jesus loved with this divine agape love? Yeah, that's probably a big a question that might come out of this. You know, you're listening going like, I want that kind of love, obviously. Yeah. So how do I know I'm doing that? Whatever. Especially because the loves can be mixed up so easily. Like you might think you're doing agape when you're not. Yeah. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Yeah, and sometimes, yeah. So I, I think what it takes too is some self-reflection, you know, is doing some inventory on, you know, your your relationships, the choices that you're making, and that kind of stuff. So um, I want you to ask yourself these questions, okay? So here, here's a question to take with you, okay? Hmm. Am I willing to obey God by giving up valuable things for the benefit of others without expecting anything in return? That's a, that's that's a really <laughs> penetrating question. <laughs> it really digs into the heart right there. It's a yeah. spade to your soul. But yeah, um, yeah it's, and it's tough. Yeah, right? and it's easy to answer that question off the cuff. Yeah, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, yeah like, oh, totally. Yeah, I'm willing to do that. I th- and and I, think, I think a lot of people may ask themselves a form of this question, but I think yeah. what often gets left off is the back end of it without yeah. expecting anything in return. Yeah. Like, that can be a deal breaker for us sometimes, oh, you know? And yeah. even if you don't expect it, like, it, it may not even be what you're thinking, but, like, if you don't get a thank you, you're like, Wow, I didn't even get a thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. It's, think of it like audience. Think think about it like this. <clears throat> Sometimes we think we're loving somebody, but if we pan back, we're we're actually not loving them at all. For example, I'll go back to like an example between me and my wife. If 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 I show kindness to my wife, but I do it in order to get something in return, like the I scratch you back your back, you scratch mine kind of thing. Sometimes it's literally back scratching. It's like, scratch my back. <laughs> yeah. Okay, only if you'll scratch mine. If, if I only show that kind of love to my wife because I want something in return or in any relationship across the board, I'm not actually loving her. I can yeah. trick myself into thinking I am, but I'm not actually loving her. I'm actually just loving myself through her. That's pride. Mm-hmm. That's like the essence of pride is self-focus, self-love. So whenever we do kindness to someone, even with the faint hidden expectation that it's going to result in something good coming back to us, we're actually failing to love us. That's not the love of Jesus. That's not agape. That, that's us trying to scratch our own back through that totally. person. Jesus did not love that way. He, he didn't do this, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine thing. He said, 
I'll scratch everybody's back in town, and then he would just leave town and go to the next place. He just served because it's who he was. He served out of out of the love that was found in his heart, this agape love. And and that's it. No strings attached. And so often we we think we're loving, but we're not. We're we're loving ourselves only and not the other. And that's where it gets really muddy. That's where, you know, agape, well, maybe that was actually just philia. Maybe it wasn't. Or <laughs> or we can look at this question and go, well, yes, I would do this. Yeah, I, I'm willing to obey God, give up valuable things for the benefit of others without expecting anything in return. I do that for my kids all the time. Yeah, I go, hold the phone there, pal. <laughs> what you're talking about is storge. You're talking about uh, you're talking about a love that's common to everybody. Even 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 rats know how to care for their <laughs> I was young. Curious where you're going with that? You went with rats. Okay, cool. <laughs> rats. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a low life form. <laughs> even even like lower level life forms mm-hmm. know and have the instinct to care for their young without necessarily experiencing anything in return. That's not special. Yeah. Agape is special. So sometimes we mix up the loves and we think we're we're we kind of like pat ourselves on the back a little bit prematurely. And really we need to pump the brakes and go, man, the love of Christ is transcendent. So if, if I'm going to, if I want this to grow in me, I've got to ask the right questions and I've got to really take a, as you said, a really serious inventory of my heart. Yeah. And it's not easy. It's not easy. And I'm going to make it harder because, you know, I, I gave you that question. I'm sure you've paused the video and we're pondering mm-hmm. it or whatever, you know, um, but we're going to take it even a step further, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, <laughs> is, yes, it's a big idea and it's a big concept. And you may be thinking like, yes, like I can do that. I, I, I do that, you know, mm. whatever. Um, but the follow-up question is, do you prove it with your actions, mm. right? Like, are you walking what you're talking kind yeah. of thing, you know? And um, so, you know, that's another layer of this idea getting deeper into the heart um we talked a bit about this as a church last year we did um a a campaign called the miracle of mercy and um as we were talking about mercy in this concept is it really got into this a bit like Mm, yeah are you living out these actions of loving others like is that something that you are doing in your life um our team actually wrote a mercy retreat to go mm. along with this. And one of the things that we talk about in this retreat is the Good Samaritan. And that's a mm. great example of somebody who, you know, gave up their valuable things, their time, their safety, their money, you know, yeah. all this stuff, took care of this hurt guy and literally did not expect anything in return. He, yeah. he you know, he left, he, he paid for his care, left and said, I'm going to come back to check on him to make sure he's good. Yeah into a town where he wasn't welcome. Uh, it's just, it's a whole story of what this looks like in action pretty yeah. much. So um, if you want an example of it, l- look at Jesus, obviously, but Jesus tells this story of the Good Samaritan for a reason. So look yeah. at that. Um, yeah. It's a great example. If you if you really want to like assess yourself and, and, and think how, how well do I do, you know, how, how much of this agape divine love is is really found in me? And by the way, we're talking about loving others, but really the Bible tells us if you want to love God, do it by loving others, right? Yeah. So, so that's why we're talking so much about how we love our neighbor, those around us. Um, but as we said, it's, it's really easy to, to kind of mix up the loves and become kind of unclear. But if you, really wanna, if you really wanna take a look at yourself and how well you're doing in this area with this kind of love, I think a good question to ask is, how do you respond to your enemies? Sure. How do you respond to the people that don't treat you well, that don't like you, that don't appreciate you, that don't give you credit, all that stuff? 
This is what Jesus talked about. Let's read from Luke 6, 32 through 36. It's a little bit long, but it's just so good. We've, we've probably all read it before. It says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. I mean, that, so that goes back to that example about, you know, well, I love my kids, so isn't that agape? Yeah. Well, not necessarily. I mean, Jesus is saying, like, even, like, any, anybody can do that. Like, that's, there's nothing special or divine or transcendent or, or particularly godly about that. Yeah. He says, and if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Man, if I could go back in time and like walk with Jesus, you know what I would take with me? I would take a bag of microphones just so that I could toss one to Jesus every time he drops these one lines, just watch him drop the mic. Just watch him. I'll be like, Jesus, time for a mic drop. Here comes one. And Jesus just go, yeah, love your enemies. Anybody can love their friend. I say love your enemies. Mic drop. Mic drop. And that's a moment where you just picture everybody just mouths agape like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, just his disciples must have had to be like sweeping up all the debris from how everyone's minds got blown. Oh gosh, it, such it must have been a scene. So <laughs> it must have been just a gory scene. Oh man, but yeah, Jesus completely flips the script, and he's like, "Look, all the things that you are patting your back, uh, patting yourself on the back for doing, like you know, loving your neighbor, loving those close to you, loving people who are kind to you, like that's easy. That's easy stuff. And you're there's nothing special about that. There's nothing particularly beautiful and moving. It, it's why, like in in movies and stuff, or in, in in literature, when we read a story or we watch a story." of someone who sacrifices themselves for the good of others. Like think of all the think of all the great movie scenes where someone is like, "No, save yourself." Yeah. Oh, get out of here. I think of <laughs> I think of like uh I think of like Sloth to. from the Goonies, you know, oh. when he's holding that rock, he's like letting That's letting Chunk get through it. Yeah, like, sure. Uh, just scenes like that just get us. And I think it just resonates with us at the deepest levels. Like it it's it's almost like it rattles us in a way that takes us all the way back to the Garden of Eden where everything mm. was perfect and agape was all there was. And and we 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 kind of hark back to something that deep down our soul still longs for. That kind of of self-sacrificial charity, that love that goes beyond that 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 can exist alongside Storge and Philia and Eros, but when when agape is present, it masters them all. Eventually, it is the supreme love. Eventually, we'll have to talk about the Garden of Eden and just do a thing on that. Oh, and just how I would like, love it! That would, yeah, because because that would that blows people's mind. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, so it's we'll have to wow. That's a, yeah. Put a pin in that one. We'll yeah. do an, we'll do a future episode on that for <laughs> sure. So so Jesus is saying, love your enemies, and I think that's a great indicator. Uh, think about think about those people that just rub you the wrong way and how you react to them, and not just not just how you react on the outside, but how you react on the inside too. You know, Jesus says, if you even call someone an idiot in your heart, yeah. you've already murdered them inside. You know, <laughs> like just that, that's, that's, that's insane. Yeah. We, we should even do an episode on all the things that Jesus took from the law of Moses and then cranked uh, the yeah. volume up on. Like, like, oh, yeah, the law of Moses says don't kill. But I say, if the you even heat is on. angry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're turning that up a bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, for it's, sure. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, so think about how you treat the people who rub you the wrong way. And I think you'll have a pretty good indicator of how much of that divine love is in you. And, that, and that's not like a, that's not something to get down on. That's just a way for us each to look at ourselves in a sober, clear thinking way and just, just, and kind of take an assessment. Like how, how close am I? 
to the heart of my heavenly Father, and how can I, how can I move mm. a little bit closer in that way? Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's fantastic. And you know, as we look to start to shift gears a little bit, um, if you're listening, you're watching, whatever, you're probably thinking, you know, this is all great, high level stuff. This is you know a lot to chew on, a lot to think about. Uh, but I'm still, I'm still wondering how can I put this into practice in my life? How do I do this kind of stuff? Yeah. And things as this is the a doable, a discipleship <laughs> podcast. Emphasis on the doable. Uh, emphasis on the doable there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so a, a big part of this it, is what we were talking about before, but is the choices that you make with what you are given in your life. Yeah. And, um, so that goes into the topic of stewardship, um, stewardship, you know, it's a word that you may have heard of before, and um, oftentimes you may have just think, oh, that's the money thing. And, and sure, like that's a part of it, but really yeah. it's a broader um, concept in term of, of being a steward of the resources that you were given. Yeah. And that's not just money, but it's also your time. Um, it's what you do with what God has given you, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, a lot goes into that. So it's all your resources. Literally all of your resources. It's everything that God has given you that allows you to impact the world around you, right? Yeah. In, in, this, in essence, it's, it's whatever you have that's of value and yeah. forth. Um, exactly, yeah. And um, in Matthew 6, you know, Jesus actually, he tells us what we are to do with the valuable, you know, it reveals the truth of about our hearts. Mm -hmm. So what we do, you know, and what we say is valuable speaks to our heart, yeah. right? He says this in Matthew 6, 21, wherever your treasure is there and the desires of your heart will be also. Hmm. That's a clear indicator right there, right? Yeah. What you are putting first in your life, what you are making important, what is a a priority in your life, yeah. that's showing what your heart, you know, is is focused on too. Yeah. Um, and, and and by the way, yeah. real quick interruption on that. I, I studied this verse a little bit in advance, and and the actual the Greek word that's used for treasure there is actually. I mean, because it's easy to read that and go, oh, well, here Jesus is talking about money. It's all yeah. about money again. It's not all about money. That word treasure is actually a word that refers to a repository or a container for valuable goods. So it doesn't. It, it's not talking specifically about whatever you do with your gold and silver. Sure. It's talking about what you do with anything that you possess of value. So so this, Jesus is really making a pretty open-ended statement here. He's talking about the full gamut of your resources, not, not just the one thing. And if you hear anything from us, understand that stewardship has to do with money, but has to do with a lot more than just money. There's a, there's a much broader spectrum there than people give credit to. A lot of people who have been in church for a while, they think stewardship, they think money. And that's correct, but to a limited degree, stewardship has to do with a, a heck of a lot more. Exactly, yeah. So... Um, so that's something that we are going to be talking about more next week. Yeah. So be excited for that. So while you're waiting for that, because you're going to have seven days of, of wait time on that, <laughs> while you're waiting and reflecting, uh, just, just kind of take a look at your life. Take a, a simple inventory and just ask yourself, am I letting God's love live in me fully? Do my actions and my interactions with others demonstrate that God has first place in my life? And I would even add to that, Ask God to speak into that yeah. self inventory. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's, God, it, it sounds me. weird, maybe I don't know, but on, yeah, honestly, say like God, I want to do a heart check right now, yeah. and I want you to be a part of it. Yeah, you know? I think in Psalms 
uh, I don't know if it was David or one of the other psalmists who said, you know, search my heart. Yeah. Show me if there's anything, if there's any impurity within me. This is a great, this is a great prayer, one that's been used by believers for thousands of years. And it's important for us to ask God. I mean, each of us who has received Christ has the Holy Spirit in us and, and we can call upon him to, uh, to show us the stuff that needs to get dealt with. And maybe this could be a week where the Holy Spirit illuminates some blind spots for you and shows you where there are a few a few areas that really just need to be examined a little bit more closely in this area. And then after you're done reflecting for a few days, come back, join us next week because we're going to have our good friend, Chris Goulard, who's the uh, stewardship pastor for Saddleback Church. He's going to be joining us and he'll be sharing some really practical ground level steps that all of us can take to give God uh, more total control, more kingship, as we would sometimes mm. say in our lives. I love that. So we'll we can more about surrender a little bit more fully to, to him. So join us for that. You don't want to miss it. We'll see you then. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows, your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.